0: You're listening to the Teletext R podcast, the internet's best, and only, podcast about CFAX, Prestel, Videotext, Televideo, and all things Teletext. Welcome Teletexters to the web's most listened to podcast about Teletext and only Teletext. I'm here with Rusty Russ, otherwise known as the enigmatic Rusty Russ, with the S-sets on Twitter. So, Russ, for all we know, you could very well be Minor Willy as depicted in your avatar. Yeah,
1: I could be. It depends which level, though. So you have 20 levels that you used to go through. I know on my little avatar I have a, a little theme now and again. Yeah, I've got to generic at the moment. I'll we'll keep it easy. Yeah, I used to grow up playing him, Jet Set Willie, Manic Minor, I'll sort of stick to my roots and keep it with that, really.
0: Hmm. Well, it's a bit of a pity that Minor Willy never actually made it onto Teletext, and that could be a goal for 2016, to make a Jet Set Willy slash Manic Minor Teletext video game. BBC Micro doesn't count. It has to be proper Teletext on a TV.
1: That is true, I'm. Having said that, I do remember Carl. um, I don't know if it was Carl or or someone. There is a a Manic Miner Teletext um, graphic somewhere.
0: Oh, is there?
1: Yeah, I'll have to. uh, I don't know if it was Carl or someone's put something somewhere. I might have to have a look somewhere.
0: Yes, you're right. In the first or maybe the second edition of the Teletext service. Yes, indeed. That featured Willy. Carl did Willy. Anyway, Russ. You're interested in retro television and its various associated ephemera. Is that a fair enough description?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that and, and it's effect probably. My passion was, obviously, for, the, for TV from way back when, and probably ages age before, when he was younger, there used to be a magazine called Look in, and towards the back you'd have a, a TV section, you'd have all the old logo, you'd wonder what it was like in whatever region, Granada or Thames or whatever. Um, I think it's just that fascination when I was a kid, and it's just stuck ever since, really.
0: Okay. Did you ever consider going on a Teletext road trip, namely driving all the way around the UK to sample the regional Teletext services?
1: It would be nice. You think a holiday out of it all as as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly when I was probably younger, um, probably one of the things that I used to do, just to see what was uh, being offered, I used to go to Blackpool on holiday as a kid. I and the old Granada and uh, what, Oracle, Teletext back in the day, would uh, show on there. But yeah, there's yeah, fascination with it, really.
0: So you deliberately went in hotels and chalets, etc., that had Teletext TVs, so you could sample the local Teletext. Actually, I have a vague memory of these Butlins and Pontins holiday camps. They used to have their own TV channel. Did Pontins or Butlins have their own Teletext services do you know?
1: A good question. Um, I think I did go to a Pontins in Great Yarmouth, I think. We are, I don't know, we're talking over 30 years ago now. Probably the, my parents would have thought, uh, get me outside playing and been stuck in front of a TV. But um, <laughs> I, I'm sure there must be, uh, there must be something. Obviously, uh, well, I haven't said that. I don't know if they had TVs and shallows back then or kind of thing. I know they're obviously commonplace now, but yeah, it's that long ago since I went to the Pontins. Mm.
0: Yes, I guess that would have been a more 90s thing, because it would have been the 90s when I was going to these places, the early 90s, when teletext was becoming a bit more prominent, more widespread, I'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, I mean, even like multiple TVs, would, you know, it's commonplace with that now. So um, my parents decided to uh, get rid of their teletext TV. I don't know if they were renting at that at the time, but I was like mortified thinking, like, I, need, I need my fix, so to <laughs> So I managed to convince them to buy me a, a new portable TV, so other than playing computer games or the you know, minimum quality to have Teletext on it, so you know, I can keep viewing it to so my heart's content, and uh, yeah, loved it back then, loved it.
0: So, if you don't mind me asking, what year would this have been? Around about what time period would it have been when you got your Teletext TV my own
1: Teletext TV. I, mean, I had a. My first computer was a Commodore Plus 4 back in 1985, and um, it always stayed downstairs with what I used to call the big TV. I think I don't know. Kids used to call it back then the big TV yes, in the living room. Is. I think my parents got to a stage where they got fed up of um, me forever playing it, so they got me in, like this little white, I think it was a Bush TV. I seem to remember they, they had similar models in there, John Menzies of all places. I think there's Argos catalogs that used to have them as well. but um, so I had my, my small Teddy, and then parents rented a, a Teletext TV back then, and then it must be around ninety one, early ninety two, when they decided that they no longer wanted it. And uh, again, around that period, the Manchester them to get me like this uh, small fourteen inch set. Did I have fast? I can't remember. if it had fast on it? I'm trying to think now, but uh, possibly it did. But yeah, certainly yeah. So it was around 91, 92 that I had my my small little set. Yeah, it was It's definitely a fourteen inch. On. But I haven't said that. My, my favorite when I went to the, uh, the part time world of employment, I treated myself to a 17 inch Toshiba TV. Um, okay. And that, you know, it was right. It wasn't too small, it wasn't too big. But yeah, I loved it at the time. Again, the old TED Effect on there. But, yeah, it was definitely one, my favorite model for a portable was was the 17 inch. But yeah, no, it's all good. But yeah, no, but the 14 inch one, I loved it. It said that uh, probably fake stereo sound. I had two speakers either side, but that uh, it was, it was true stereo. And it had a. Um, a facility on there where obviously you know you could hold pages but there was a there was another button where you could cache one page only so you could put it in the background so can't remember what, what the button was called at the time but yeah I think it was unique to that particular set I'm sure there's probably others out there and then uh, when uh, Oracle ended at the end of 1992 I'd uh and I stayed up late that night to, to watch it the away to the small little square in the middle of the screen. I uh, kept that page and hold to the point where I went to bed, and yeah, that was Oracle gone for me for forevermore then. There's a little memory coming back.
0: But as we know, it was replaced by a new service, Teletext. Do you think the new service ever really lived up to the success, the quality of Oracle?
1: You know, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, certainly when Teletext came in, it, it came in with a bang, and there was a... There's lots of uh, different features. It's certainly more larger than, than Oracle. I always felt that has Texas, the company that took over, it, it felt a bit cold in, in places. I, I, I don't know, it felt like with Oracle, you, you could regularly, you could phone in with your views. It, it certainly was more instant, whereas Teletext, obviously back then before the days of email was uh, commonplace, you, you had to write in and wait for your, your messages to come up. So it felt a little bit different in that regard. Early teletext, so you might have seen the images of the sections were were broken down into times of day. So Like the kids section will be like from seven in the morning to nine at night, and after nine at night, you'd have like a, a placeholder to say you know the kids section will be back you know tomorrow morning. Yes, you can yes. actually page anything in, in that at times. It was almost like it was a waste of space. Nothing replaced it during the, the equivalent of its downtime hours, but other sections were like it as well. Obviously, after the hours section that they had obvious, for obvious reasons. But you'd have like a, a 10 page section that would be dormant for like, you know, many hours in, in, the, in the day. And then obviously, it popped at uh, 11 o'clock at night or whenever it was. for it's a little three months that it lasted for. But yeah, so when the teletext, the company had started, yeah, it was, it was a lot to, to browse back then. But certainly, I was, you know, I was. One of those sad people that, that stayed up at New Year's Eve in ninety-three, just to see what, what it was offering. Certainly it, it changed the way Oracle was. It's almost like I don't know if it was changed for change's sake. Whatever was on ITV TV was now on Channel 4, Teletext and vice versa. So I don't know if there was anything little change of change's sake or just the people getting just so they could page everything everywhere, but Yeah, I don't know whether Oracle had the fondness of it all. It's obviously my my childhood. I was uh, 15 at the time when it ended. And obviously, you know, what it's about with childhood things, it sticks forever more.
0: Yeah. My own memories of Teletext, terrestrial-wise, are exclusively CFAX and Teletext Limited. But I kind of wish that I lived in the Oracle age, because looking back at some of the recoveries that Jason Robertson has done, they are really, really distinct pages full of character. Really quite sad that those services are gone now.
1: The interesting thing with, with Jason's grabs are the, um, it's, it's almost like Oracle's in two stages. The, the more the graphical age, the early, late 70s, early 80s stuff. And then once, I think Jason put some up from like 1986 and it pretty much what you saw of Oracle in 1986 was the same presentation-wise, up until the end of 1992, it's almost like maybe the graphic person went or um, or they decided this, this will be forever more. But apart from a few section changes, it pretty much stayed the same until its better end, which was a shame. But yeah, certainly the, the earliest stuff that Jason's put oh, well, you got where well, you've got like David Bow graphics and uh, I think Addison Moyer was on one of them. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, certainly, yeah, the graphics, they, they, they certainly, even with c as well, played with it more and showed it off more. And then when CFAX went, I think it was 1989, or early 1990 from memory, they uh, went all newsy and they dropped all the fun element out of it. Yeah. Sadly, I didn't really uh, pay CFAX during that time until so they rebranded in, in 1996 to the, uh, the one we knew towards you know, before it ended a few years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. When we were at Tate Britain doing the Teletext Art workshops, by total surprise, an ex-employee of CFAX actually turned up. He was talking to me a little bit about how he was kind of sad when they made the decision, that's it, no more interesting, fancy graphics. And allegedly, the reason behind this is not through any space-saving reasons or economical reasons, Teletext is for text and we're going to squeeze as much of that in there as possible. It's because they wanted to be distinct and different from Teletext Limited. Channel 4 and Channel 3, and Channel 5 as well later, had the more characteristic, shall we say, services. The BBC decided, we're going to go completely straight list, providing Britain with the service that it deserves here in the 1950s. We're going to be uncontroversial.
1: Yeah, it it got too clinical in the end. I mean, apart from a change of colour between the different hundred sections... I don't know, it just felt like a missed opportunity in, in the end. Why they couldn't maybe do, like, you know, one channel have what it became and then maybe BBC2, the fun side of it, as it were. But um, I think the only fun element was uh, when you used to get the top 40 charts on a Sunday, and that, that was it. It was like any imagery was uh, all gone for a straight-laced version. I think the only time we actually saw anything graphical was pages from CFAX when they did all that uh, Level 2 stuff that, that you love, Dan. Um, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so it was, it was a shame that when they made a change, there's, um, I know there's a graphic around saying fun and game sections now ending as we're winding down certain bits. And uh, yeah, and then it became what it became. I, I do remember its uh, new launch where you had a an at speed section uh, service and a, an in depth service. And I think basically at speed was it was just less pages than the full in depth version. So it just went mm-hmm. the uh, pages just went around that bit quicker to, to get back to where it needed to.
0: Okay. So, yes. Would they have loaded quicker because of this? Perhaps that's one side effect of having fewer graphics, et cetera. Would they have necessarily loaded quicker, the pages that were there? Because there would have been a few dozen, I think.
1: From what I remember of it, there was definitely lesser pages on BBC One, and I think this page cycling was a bit quicker. I'm sure there'd be more of a technical reason behind it, but certainly the in depth version of BBC Two was literally they, they had full sections, so they had like a, a larger news content, a larger sport content. It's almost like BBC One was like the, uh, the best of, as it were. Memories are not too kind for me, so I'm trying to visualize. Obviously, we're going back what 25 years ago. Maybe there's a, an archive videotape waiting out there just to see what, what it was like.
0: Guys, guys, if you do have VHS tapes, super VHS tapes, that you can spare, please do send them to Jason Robertson. We can see what's on there. We can see what Teletext gems are hidden within your tapes. So that's just a bit of a public service announcement.
1: My, my little mission of, um, it must have been around 1988, my uh, beloved... Uh, Dixon's page that appeared on CFAX so it must be kicking around somewhere. I think oh, it was yes. in, in the summer of, of 1988. I don't think it was 1989, it might have been too late. Yeah, I just I'd love to know how it got there. But um, and I, from what I remember, it wasn't obvious to the eye to access it. It was only like I pushed a, a fast text button by accident and up this page. It's not a page that you could uh, page by numbers. It was like a 0AA or something. But um, it, it'll be out there. No doubt there'll be a, a videotape with it on somewhere.
0: Oh yes, I'm sure it's out there, and I'm also sure there must have been some special remotes out there that allowed you to access these hidden hex pages within secret parts of the Teletext service, because how on earth would people like Bob Monkhouse on The Price Is Right load up those special screens for the showcase?
1: This is true. I don't think they, they ever show the page numbers at the top, do they? I know they, they used to hide sometimes, but um, yeah, that's a good question.
0: Yeah, because something that people always bring up on Twitter every single week, without fail, with the bullseye repeats on Challenge TV, there's always a Teletext TV. A colour TV with Teletext. And somebody always takes to Twitter and says, Wow, a Teletext TV, how brilliant is that? However, I don't ever remember these bullseye Teletext TVs ever showing a special bullseye custom page. It was always the Oracle or Teletext Limited homepage, so they missed a trick there. Airtel
1: information is now interactive. To access Airtel information, simply call up page 777 on your remote control. Dial the free phone number, and you have instant access to train timetables, air cell information, and interactive games.
0: Your phone changes the pages, so there's no wait. We pay for the calls, so there's no cost, which leaves you free.
1: It's a changing world, so we thought we'd make it easier to get around.
0: Airtel Interactive. Keep in touch.
1: As I said, I put it up the other night, the old uh, Airtel from uh, Ireland, um, RTE. and
0: uh,
1: Still could access the, the pages on it.
0: All right, so what's on there? What did you find? What did you dig up?
1: Well, I think I didn't go too found it because unfortunately the, um, the TV's been claimed by my wife at the time. But um, yeah, certainly, I mean, I put the images on Twitter, but I, I bought the, the BBC One TV for the night earlier the week. But yeah, so I had Channel 4 listings and uh, everything with subtitles, I think, from memory, apart from one program. But the interesting thing is, I'll try and get an image of it next time I am, um, because you have to faff around to uh get it to work because it doesn't work by HDMI. You have to plug your scart cable in. But most things these days, if the table's at the back of your TV, you're normally a mess unless you're keen and your, your team But the news graphic is pretty similar to the early 90s CFAX news graphic as well. Hmm. See if I can dig that out somewhere if it's on the internet somewhere. If, if not, I can always grab a picture at some point.
0: Well, one of the things I noticed about Ertel, it's very, very CFAX circa 2000, in that it is teletext is for text. I was given a dump of a whole Ertel teletext service. There was a guy on Twitter, remlap1986. He sent me them, if you want to follow him. I spent a while looking through them, but the thing that struck me is that there's absolutely no graphics. It's very, very stripped down. It's a bit of a pity, really. Because if you think, what would Teletext be like today? I like to think it would be this all-singing, all-dancing light show, basically. But the reality of the situation is that probably what it would be would be this happened today, really boring, even more staid and stale than CFAX in 2006. As of viewing it? And you, you get so
1: used to the dreaded digital text. so you're using your arrow keys and you're still in your head still thinking you, you can use it still and obviously you've got to step back a bit and then use numbers and obviously you can't use the arrows like you would do on your, your digital tech it took me you know a good few seconds to uh, get used to it again <clears throat> yeah no I certainly uh i think the first time i actually saw it and it was the first time you say text live in the because where i live I, I would have thought i I used Teletext Live, I don't know, about 10 years ago. So the first time I actually used it in a live sense So yeah, it was great. You went instantly back in time and you, you were just there in, in the zone to use it again.
0: So can you explain for our listeners the Teletext Live experience?
1: Well, from my point of view, I mean, when I was younger, you I used to wake up in the morning and uh, obviously check the news stories, You know, TV guy, football type stuff. In the evening, I said I'm more of an Oracle person, but they used to have a teen section on there called Buzz, and they had, like, a computer game section, which, if I missed the bit listening, it's called FX, which was a pre-digitizer. FX, back then, it was it was basically it was a one-page, multi-page. It was about eight pages. I can't remember. I assume it was updated daily on there, but, again, memories are a bit blank. But, yeah, the stories, obviously, because there are more... Obviously, about the, the 16-bit Amigas and STs, and I think Digital moving away from, from that kind of thing, concentrating more on the, the consoles. But, yeah, so I'll, I'll come home from, from school and do all that. And, obviously, going forward now, as I said, live, live teletext, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's almost like using it for the first time, where you, you suddenly got freedom to, to use it, and you're using your own little bubble, and you can go to wherever you fit on there. Where, where it could take you, it's, like, it's your own like mini-library, isn't it? In, in a way where you can access things in, you know, real time.
0: I have to ask you this. You may not have an answer to this, but... Did you ever read about any significant world events or news items on teletext for the first time? For example, I found out that Michael Jackson had died via analog teletext in 2009. Do you have any similar experiences to relate? I know
1: you asking I'm on the spot there? I probably Freddie Mercury actually. I remember read, reading that, first of all, on, on there, because uh, i probably more have read the news on Teletext than actually watched them on, on the TV news. But then I seem to get more and more fix off reading a, a bunch of text and watching it uh, visually for some reason. But news flashes, I might have heard about the sad events at, at Lockerbie and the, the Zeebrugger Ferry disaster. Obviously, back then, your news programmes were like every three hours or something, unless they did breaking through news flashes and obviously the, the rolling stuff that you get these days. So very Teletext very much back then was you have that information now or when the person updated it. So, yeah, certainly I, I just felt more using that than waiting for the, you know, the news at 1, 6, and 9 o'clock, as it was back then before they went to, to 10 o'clock on, on BBC. But, uh, yeah, probably Freddie Mercury one was, was one I probably re- remember the, the most.
0: There may be a picture, a Teletext screen grab of this particular event. Yeah, I believe the headline was Freddie Mercury dead, and that page does exist.
1: Yeah. No, but yeah, I mean as I say, so I was very much more into the news side on, on T rather than watching it visually. Where it's because I was in my, my own little room, you know, away from the, the parents so they could do what, what they wanted. <laughs> also it's pretty much made up in, in my own little uh, room computer whatever and uh you need to sex and all that. So uh, yeah, so I was in my, my own little air uh, bubble as it were back then. But um yeah, but certainly yeah, it definitely did read as much as I could back then. Interestingly a scan up or something called, or put it on the Facebook group. I found this old um, Oracle leaflet from uh, 1982. Where it had a page, the ITV Oracle from uh, the IBA, whatever happened to them. And it says, "Hand uh, children read television? Oracle runs a kids' club, which was uh, news to me. I think they're probably more of a section. But uh, Oracle runs a kids' club. Each week receives a flood of jokes, suggestions, requests, and birthday greetings, which are transmitted with the contributors' names. Oracle has provided enormously popular children for some time, and combining as it does with the power of television the written word, it can often contribute to their reading skills. There's no, sure in a way. So, uh, obviously, the you could read back then.
0: Yes, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, because a lot of non-English speakers I do know learned to read from Teletext subtitles. It wasn't just a fantastic resource for the hearing impaired, but also as a learning tool for those who are learning the English language. Not that I've ever learned a language other than English, but from third-hand, second-hand reports, it is allegedly, allegedly a very, very useful tool.
1: Ooh, yeah. Well, it's just speaking of which, in, in, in the same leaflet, it says, uh, Oracle has, to, has a special appeal to deaf and hard-of-hearing viewers. Not only do they have access to the sound-free service, but Oracle, together with the IBA, is spending much time and money establishing a special service of subtitling for the deaf. Oracle is currently subtitling in some three hours, obviously it's 1980, so some three hours a week of Vice Feet's most popular programmes, and by the following year would have doubled, allowing the deaf and hard-of-hearing to join the enjoyment of one of the most popular forms of modern communication.
0: Excellent. So what was the year that was from again?
1: Well, basically, it's from 1982, but it's a four-page leaflet, which I'll pop up at some point. It says, compile from the the ICB yearbook 1983, so television and radio 1983, which was uh, apparently in all good bookshops and bookstores at £3.50, I guess.
0: Ah, brilliant. There should be more publications based around teletext. Do you have a favourite piece of teletext art, or perhaps a favourite teletext page from the classic teletext services?
1: Yeah, we'll gloss over the uh, the famous uh, worm picture. But um, Barney, <laughs> <laughs> I used to love Barney's bunch, which was an Oracle cartoon. So the days before turning of the worm on, on teletext. So I'm sure you've, you've seen the pictures of it. So basically, a magical Barney and have his, his little friends. The graphics on it, were you know, for, for what it was, was beautiful. It didn't go right to the end of, of the service. So I think it got replaced, but it, it just wasn't the same. But, yeah, Barney's Bunch was sublime. So who, I think it was Trisha someone from, from memory, whoever did the, uh, the artwork for that. But, yeah, graphic-wise, i trying to think. I mean, also some great stuff for, um, from Digitizers as, as well, but from my my childhood days. But, yeah, definitely Barney's Bunch. There was 4T, that, um, the, the dog that was on 4 And, again, I actually uh, had a, a picture from... Um, Ian Irvine, that used to design the 4T um, the dog and some of the graphics on, on 4 and uh, this is going back to the late 90s, and I think I took a pot chance of uh, emailing him at Intel Facts, and he, yeah, he sent me a photo, an image of all the, um, all the characters, 4T the dog, and the, uh, the sad thing is on, on the final day of its uh, last ever episode, the final graphic was basically the the graphic art is putting all the, uh, the animals back into the, the box forevermore, never to be seen again. I just hope there's holes in the box, and you I know, hope they'll uh, still breathe and they will you know, take <laughs> it <out again. laughs> but,
0: Yeah.
1: I know on the uh, teletext.org.uk, you've got the full-blown ITV service for Last Day of um, Oracle, that hopefully someone will find the, the Last Day of Channel 4, because that's where the uh, that particular 4C cartoon will, will be. The 40 uh, card will be in there, and obviously, you've got the last Park Avenue, uh, the, the world's first Teddy Tech soap. I don't know if it was the only Teddy Tech soap, but, uh, but yeah, you sort of, I think you said, you know, picture characters on there as well. Um, but yeah, there's, there's certainly some good stuff on, on the Channel 4 side as well. Hopefully, some more palm trees, but I think uh, mm. it was more ICB with the holidays, wasn't it?
0: Yes. I'm actually starting up a page at teletextart.co.uk dedicated to palm trees, and I'm going to make it an ongoing project that whenever I find any Teletext page that features a palm tree, I'm going to stick it on there. Because Teletext will be remembered for two things. Palm trees and pornography. And
1: sometimes both, at the same time.
0: Uh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, hmm. I have a particularly relevant photograph, which I'm looking at right now.
1: But, um, didn't we go through a stage where I think there's the, the three of us, I don't know if it's Jason or if it's Carl, I think we've seen how many palm trees was on one Teddy page, and I think, we, I think we got to five on one page.
0: <laughs> yes, I can hack that up right now, actually. Ah, the specific image you're referring to is a Saint Lucia image. It's from Oracle, 80s or 90s, and it's page 12 out of 18 on the Holidays page. And there are six, a grand total of six palm trees in one Teletext page. The current champion.
1: Hitting text on your Sky Digital remote will take you to the free digital text service. Tenerife, Lanzarote, Gran Canaria. Just use the up and down on your remote to navigate your way through thousands of deals from some of the country's top travel companies. Select the holiday you fancy, then hit enter. Bikini, suntan lotion. If you're feeling extra careful, you can even check out what the weather's like at the moment. Just go back to the main menu and hit latest weather. Warm, toasty. Toast. Toast! Toast! to make life easier. You can select regional departure to find the most convenient airport for you to fly from. Toast. Get the toast. Get the phone. Simply press text for all the latest deals from Teletext Holidays.
0: Right. You mentioned Barney's Bunch a little bit earlier there. He was edited by a certain Simon Hardiman, I do believe, who I interviewed, actually, a couple of months ago I asked Simon, did Barney ever receive any fan mail, any knickers through the post? Or at least a bit of felt-tip pen fan art. And Simon said, we received lots of fan mail, but no knickers, thankfully. People used to send in their drawings of Barney and his friends. It was designed to appeal to all ages, like Charlie Brown. So there you go.
1: Oh, if only that was the all sort of up the in... I don't know, maybe try and find a pair, but it's all too late. Now.
0: <laughs> well, you can still send him some, I guess. <laughs> oh, no. We could send him a picture of one, less creepy, on Twitter, because he is on Twitter if you know where to look. All these ex-Teletext dudes are on Twitter. It's brilliant. It, it is
1: possible. Not just Teletext. I mean, you know, if they, if they can spend you know, a couple of seconds to reply, I think it's great that you, you can tap into everything that, that you love, be it Teletext or, or anything else, and, you know, if you get a reply, then it's, it's suddenly like, you're, you're part of their lives, or, you know, you, they're appreciating that, you know, you've got a love for, for a certain thing, and, you know, if they take time to reply, I always think it's great. Someone i have had replies from people, you know, in Teletext world. You know, it's always great to, to hear people's replies.
0: Hmm. I think, in our own heads, these guys who worked for Teletext were the superstars, or at least in my own head they were, because... These guys, they get to write for teletext. They get to put something on the television. They were these big Hollywood superstars in my brain. If you wrote to them, they would have been very, very happy to write back personally, because they are very approachable people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I did try writing in back in the day, but uh, I think I tried, um, There was uh, on Buzz, I think it was something called Write On, where you can get your comments up. Tried about two or three times at the time. Obviously, didn't have the, the gift of the, the gab back then. So I, uh, I admitted defeat, and that, and that was it. So I stopped, stopped at three times, obviously. Yeah, determination wasn't there.
0: The newspaper delivered in time-honoured tradition. But imagine a newspaper that's constantly updated 15,000 times a day. Covers topics like Andy Gardner Tips, holiday information, up-to-the-minute weather reports, and the latest racing results. Altogether, sixteen hundred pages of useful information. The ultimate newspaper, brought to you by Oracle. So, Russ, any prominent Teletext memories that you'd like to tell us about here on the Teletext Star podcast?
1: Yeah, my biggest one was the changeover from Oracle to Teletext. They uh. Shot themselves in their own foot because um the, I think the government wanted to close down Oracle in the, in the late 80s, and they Oracle themselves campaigned saying, "No, oh, no, we need to be a franchise in our own right." So it all went up to tender, and applications went in, and text, text was in. There. I think it, it in the consortium behind the likes of TVM not know if Carlton had a, some kind of bid as well. And I think it was April 1992 when they lost. So they obviously that period of eight months where it's all winding down, and then yeah, on, on the night itself i'll never forget page 100 which which i think was similar to how c facts when that ended in northern ireland but the uh, page 100 went small and small into the screen to a, a little box the only difference is with c fact they had it for like six hours that night it was on an oracle that that was it once the white little blob in the middle of the screen went it's literally took the whole service down i think you could still access the the regional service for for a couple of minutes and then uh i think um. I read to someone the Teletext has in the company, specifically timed the, the front page where it says, welcome to Teletext, uh, to make sure that was the first page that loaded up for everyone. Yeah, so when, when that loaded up for, for the first time, so was, again, like we saying no, earlier, it's seemed what it offered, but uh, yeah, it's, it's almost like a, an end point in the way. I mean, was, I was 15 at the time, I'm sure there's, you know, bigger things out there for a 15 year old to worry about, but uh, that was me at, at that time, and it was, you know, a sense of an end of an era. And yeah, so it was, I was on on that final day page as much as I could because I knew it was all going to change. I, you know, back then it was you know no likes of uh, the internet, small thing, so it was all going to be fresh and new come midnight. Yeah, the interesting thing about that one is because obviously I only had the small portable TV. Uh, my, my parents went out that, that night, so because it was, uh, <laughs> I decided to. Um, Hog downstairs, so I had the, the big TV either because that night the yeah, there's a few of the, the regional ITV stations were going to so Thames TV, which was obviously the big big of the three or four that was going. So I literally had that on the main TV watching, and then I had the small portable with the uh, uncle going at the same time. So obviously I
0: was I was in my element back <laughs> then. Multi-screen teletext. Easy, yeah. So
1: the parents were doing what, what they were doing, and uh, yeah, I was bringing in the, the new year in, in the <laughs> way I could.
0: Well, on that subject, to me, there is just something so cool about multiple television screens displaying teletext, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that when you walked past a television shop in the 80s, they would always, oh well some of them, would have various different teletext broadcasts set to different pages, and you could just stand there and browse them like you would in a library or something. And you thought, this is the future! Who needs books anymore? Because, look, we have text on TV! Burn your books! Just go to a TV shop, stand in front of a TV shop, in the street, get run over... (laughs)
1: You yeah, I, text? I, I'll presume, I I don't know if you did this where you used to have uh, when pages of FAX used to be on TV during its downtime and then the equivalent of page that was on C FAX at the time and if you mix the TV it's almost like it'd be a shadow of itself
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, I never actually did that The good thing about that is You also get the easy listening music that you don't get with regular Teletext. What you could do is wait for Pages from Teletext to come on and browse regular Teletext at your own leisure. And you have the appropriate soundtrack to Teletext. So what you've got to do is change your sleep pattern. Go to sleep during the day, wake up during the night, and browse Pages from CFAX by the moonlight.
1: It's interesting because C-Facts, it, it had that kind of music, but I think the likes of ITV and Channel 4 with 4 in the early hours morning, it was more classical music. I'm sure I'm going to offend people when I say it, is it was more like that elevator-type music that you used to get on C-Facts, which was all good, I didn't mind you know, hearing you know, some good tunes out there. But yeah, it was a definitely a uh, different contrast in there.
0: I wouldn't actually be able to compare and contrast the different choices of music by memory, but a lot of those are actually uploaded, so you can browse them at your own leisure. There are even certain websites that emulate the pages from CFAX experience, including music. So, guys, it isn't gone forever. I
1: think, I don't know if it's uh, it's the test card... Circle, Club Circle, apologies if I did it wrong, but um, but they used to list, or I assume they still do, they used to list all the different music that was on, on CFAX, and I think they used to do it by a year. So on the website, if you go to articles on the top left, then you see like a CFAX log, and there's all kinds of CFAX pages, and it's where they, whatever music was played, it's all been there, all logged by month from the, the different tapes that were used. So it's, yeah, it's a good archive for those that are interested in that kind of thing.
0: Okay, I'd guess some became more famous than others these tracks that they used, people always bring up Bart.
1: Mm. Yeah, good old Bart. And obviously, the unique thing about Bart was it was the last ever track used. The final pages from CFX at the end. Mm-hmm. I think it's only it, it got its good uses out of it in the, in the final days of CFX. I think they use it a few times as well.
0: Oh, that may be why people remember it then, because it was used a lot in that period.
1: <laughs> I think on that last week, I think they, they used it at the beginning as, as well. I think there was a few people complaining, saying, "Well, oh, they've cut the start of it," and but yeah, unless it is well known because it is, it is that last track. But, you know, it is a good track. It's uh, I'm just trying to think when it is. 1970s or something that came up.
0: I'm with Rusty Russ, a.k.a. Rusty Russ on Twitter.
1: I was going to say, can I just say the, the underscore's are important, because I've got a funny thing, there's, a, there's another person with that name as well.
0: Ah, okay, sorry, yes. So, at Rusty underscore Russ. Okay, we'll link it up in the description and anywhere else that I remember to do so. So, Russ, is there anything else teletext-related that you'd like to chat about in the remainder of this show,
1: I don't know. It's 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 having a way that obviously teletext isn't as what it was. Uh, you know, a few years ago, and it's it's obviously dwindled away. I, I wish they 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 kept it running. Cause I'm sure they, apart from our our diehards, there would still be some use out of it. I I know it's digital text is slow in places, but, but the whole point of analog teletext was the simplicity of it all. It's a shame that it that, that it has gone, and, and I know this obviously. You can find it in places, but I um, uh, part of me wishes that, that it was still there, because I know um, on digital text, you, you have to, for a news story, you have to go through two or three pages to read a story, whereas on the old edit text, it used to be all on one page. It was all there for you. Sounds like it's great work for you.
0: That's right. With the new BBC Red Button Interactive Service which they're actually starting to phase out, the equivalent of one Teletext page fits on two sub-pages of the new digital format, which, it's not really as economical, even though you've got a small windowed TV screen simultaneously there while you're reading the text. I'd rather just have the whole Teletext page, to be honest. In fact, if you go to the football league tables, they still employ this format. 3 to four onwards, I believe, They still cling on to the old page numbering system. But yes, go and check that out while you still can, because it's the grandson of Teletext, and it's still around. We don't know how much longer far, though, so savour it, because I'm pretty sure in a couple of years when that's gone, we're going to say, oh, we missed it, even though it was rubbish.
1: (laughs) Well, The the interesting thing about the BBC Digital Text was that, um, to begin with, it didn't have page number, and I think people complained... You <laughs> uh, used to literally go through all your arrows to get to the page you want. I think they brought that in later on. So I think it was might have been like the mid two thousands when they brought that in. It could have been right, I'm sure someone will correct me. The other big bugbear there is there's certain pages like if you're on doing the red button through BBC One, sometimes a certain page will have to take you to the news channel, so you end up not listening to something that's in the background or getting a visual. Um, i was trying to oh,
0: think
1: yes. some pages of that, and it, honestly, it's annoying because. Um, You might be mean, it's not like the old days where you mix a button, you can have teletext and then the pitch in the background interlaced. That's when you want it to be taken off somewhere else, and uh, obviously you read what you read for a minute or so, and then you have to come back in, you've lost where you were.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, thinking about it, this was possibly the golden age of the TV as a multimedia centre, because now everything's switched back to mobiles and computer monitors. But around about 2000 to 2010, that sort of era wasn't just Teletext's heyday, but the television's heyday. Because personally, what I would do was submit emails to the Teletext services such as Digitizer and the magazine on my television. With my Telewest box, you could get access to emails. I thought, wow, man, this is the future.
1: I thought the air feature was the the Amstrad emailer. we uh, be wrong on that.
0: Oh, the Amstrad emailer. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's not my as bad had... as that Amstrad pen pen thingy. Yeah,
1: my mum had one. I often wonder why she had it because it was a glorified phone for her. That's all it was. Oh,
0: so that was kind of a precursor to those Telewest boxes. Oh, by the way, it took about ten minutes to write one email, fifty words. It was just so slow. But it was cool, because you got to type stuff into your television, and I used to send stupid emails to the magazine.
1: Uh, yeah, as I said, it's, it's, it's all changed now. And uh, But as they say in the pop the, world, well, they, they all bring stuff back, so you, you, you never know. It, it could come back again.
0: It could indeed. I really hope it does. One small crumb of comfort is in the facts, and I'll repeat this because we said this in the last episode, The servers are still there. They're still running. They need them to run the analog subtitles. So, somewhere, there is a machine. They probably come in in the morning, switch it on, switch it off for the night again, and it's not actually maintained. But I like to think that somewhere in the media city in Salford, there is a room, and it's just all teletech servers. It would be so cool to just go in there, and wouldn't it be even cooler if they said, well, we'll let you have a couple of pages for one day and we can broadcast, say, an art project for one day and bring Teletext back?
1: Yeah, you just have to be careful what you, you transmit, though, because I'm sure there was uh, stories in the past where they accidentally, uh, um, news stories of certain royal family dying, they accidentally went live, and uh, trying to think how that came about. But yeah, so um, I'm sure we, we'd never do anything like that.
0: Oh, of course not, no. It would have to be vetted by whatever principles and guidelines they currently have in place at the BBC for broadcasting, much like Teletext had in the 90s.
1: Well, as long as the, the editor's uh, Mr. Terry text of course.
0: Yes, of course. Did you know, here's a hashtag Teletext fact. Prestel is so-called because it was invented in Preston by Terry Venables. <laughs>
1: things you learn on it, it's great.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant, this <laughs> podcast, isn't it? <laughs> ah, brilliant. Right, I believe time is ticking on. Look at that. We're almost at the end of this edition of the Teletexter podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, Russ. Anything else to say in closing?
1: Um, no, it's said, it's been all, all good uh, talking to you guys, and yeah, I'll... Keep on listening and submit stuff where, where I can. But uh, everyone let's put stuff up over time, that's uh, it's always a great thing to, to see. Excellent.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, no, everyone, keep at it. I enjoy seeing what, what I see up from there. Obviously, a lot of talented people out there. It's Yourself included, of course. But yeah, no, keep up the good work.
0: Thank you very much for keeping the Teletext name alive. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Russ.
1: There's a channel you can turn on 24 hours a day for the very latest information on sport, constantly updated news, international and regional, TV gossip, local cinema, and music. Plus the latest information on holidays, finance, the environment, and more. An amazing thing about this channel? You already have it. Teletext, the information channel, exclusively on ITV and Channel 4.